Hey, welcome to episode three of the Tunes Podcast. I'm Harold. Um, as always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Um, we're actually available on iTunes now and Google Play. So we taken over. We out here everywhere. <laughs> uh, we actually have a really cool guest in today, a guy that I really admire and that I've been uh, getting to know a little bit better the last couple of weeks, uh, James Nim. Hey, what up? <laughs> so James, I actually met you, uh, I met you and Mike at one of the, I think it was actually at like the um, AIGA Best Artists in the City thing. It was uh, Top 10 Creatives in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then I realized that I actually known you from the uh, Speakeasy Art Shows. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, that's what the, I think that's what they had me come on to talk about in general. They didn't really tell me why I was Top 10 Creatives. So they were just <laughs> like, hey, come talk about something, but... I had never gotten that honor before, so I think it was because of the art shows I had been doing. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool night, too, because there was like a lot of different people. Like There was some authors, some poets, uh, some photographers, and so that was a good time. Um, but yeah, getting into those art shows, um, yeah, those are I – I had Mike Allen on. Um, he gets to do like all those posters and everything, and he kind of talked a little bit about how like those came about, but could you maybe go into detail about like, you know, the concept behind those and kind of like arches, where that came from? Yeah, uh, In general, um, I don't know. I just uh, moved to L.A. for a little bit, and uh, it kind of sucked really bad for me, but I really like going to <laughs> art shows in L.A., and uh, I remember going to like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle art show, I thought it was going to be like really shitty and lame. And then I got there. I thought it was pretty awesome. Uh, so when I got back to Oklahoma city, I was kind of depressed that I just like quit LA so fast. And, uh, I just started doing stuff that I missed from LA. Yeah. And that's really cool, man. I think a lot of people have really grasped onto that. Um, and talking to Mike, you guys talked about leaving it purposefully unbranded, right? Yeah. Um, I think actually people are starting to do show, arch, other art shows at the Speakeasy, and uh, I'm kind of consulting with that, but I'm not really organizing. Uh, it's kind of a lot of work to just organize the entire thing, so uh, I'm kind of excited that people just kind of took the idea and are just kind of running with it at this point. Yeah, and that was one thing just me personally that I was excited about was trying to do one, and then it crashed and burned because like my whole model just kind of blew up with uh, savings and loan closing down. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, now it's all good, but... It was, uh, yeah, it was one of those things, like, I really wanted to do one for a little while, and we could probably still bring it back, but, yeah, it was just kind of one of those things, like, dang, I didn't know it was going to happen. And I thought it was going to be in the plaza. It was, well, that was, yeah, it was a different thing, so. I was trying to, like, I think I was trying to do too many things at once, and thankfully, like, in a roundabout way, that one ended up not working out, so I didn't, like, overload myself to yeah. the max, and so that was kind of a serendipitous thing, but, yeah, man, so, uh, I know... Um, that you're a local comedian. Um, can you kind of talk about like the Robot Save City and like kind of the whole idea behind that? Yeah, um, it was just around the time that, I don't know, I think I had been doing comedy like three or four years at that point. And uh, I think a lot of my friends were kind of just moving on. And uh, it was kind of like a way to get, like have a record of the things we did together, like a history. Um, it was kind of, I was really inspired by like Saddle Creek growing up, like the, you, you know Saddle Creek? Mm-mm. It's like an indie rock label. It's like Bright Eyes and like Curses oh, and stuff okay. like that. Uh, they're all from Omaha and uh, they did a really good job of like making it out of Omaha. And I always thought that I was really inspired by how those bands just kind of clicked together and kind of like uh, pushed each other to reach new heights. So I kind of wanted to like have a label that was a comedy label in Oklahoma that was similar to Saddle Creek in Omaha with indie rock. 
and uh yeah we just started putting out records and i don't know we got some attention i know like pandora there's a pandora curator that i met named kelly in la that was really into us at the time uh, i don't know if, she, if she's still super into us but <laughs> uh, i haven't talked to her in a long time but i don't know she's really she's just, i think she's really surprised probably about the, the level of content we're putting out and uh the quality i guess yeah there's a lot of guys that are just like um, just grinding away and doing the thing in the comedy scene who are like, uh, can you maybe talk about some of your, the local guys right now that, you know, you think are just kind of killing it? Uh, I like Madison Allen a lot. I think he's like probably the hardest working comic in the city for one. And also he's just like, he's a really good writer, a really good performer. He's pretty solid all around. Uh, he's a grinder too, which I appreciate. Uh, Alex Sanchez is really funny. Uh, kind of the same characteristics. He's probably like nicer up front. Uh, they're both, they're both really nice though. <laughs> is the thing uh madison's just really he's like in his head a lot like he's so i don't know he's like a tortured comedic genius kind of gotcha uh so he's just like hard to talk to because he's really intense about comedy but uh i love him a lot that's cool man that there are so many guys out right like like just killing it right now doing comedy i guess he shows all the time yeah i think like uh that's where i kind of came out of so like all the opportunities i have now probably come from just me grinding away at uh i don't know doing these shows for like the past 10 years yeah putting in that work and then it's just kind of brought it like the local scene to prominence just because like people know all about like the local guys now yeah i I do they i don't know i think so like i think you know because i like i know you yeah and i'll talk to some random person about james nim and they'll be like yeah i saw one of his comedy shows one time and i'm like (laughs) really and so it's almost like a surprising thing but at the same time it's like you guys are known like a few like a few like it's maybe like a select few of you guys but there is definitely like a good amount of buzz about like people knowing a lot of these local comics which i think is awesome yeah i mean it's probably something i was probably wanting when i was like 23 like getting yeah. it now and just you're like, like now like uh i put a lot of work it's, it's too late now. it doesn't just it doesn't taste as good <laughs> yeah or maybe it tastes better i'm not sure <laughs> i just uh i don't know i'm pretty worn out all the time <laughs> that's funny man um yeah that cracks me up i uh I really like the model of the speakeasy art shows and specifically because the first one I saw was the, uh, the cowboy bebop one. Was there a specific reason that you kind of went with cowboy bebop for like the, was that the first anime based one? Um, I mean, we did street fighter first and then we did Wes Anderson. I think after Wes Anderson, I was just like, I don't know. I kind of want to do something like more my speed. Like I like Wes Anderson a lot, Yeah, but I felt like for my personality, I kind of wanted to do something that I just that I just felt more connected to. I think like I also want to do something that the speakeasy didn't think we could pull off. I don't know. I'm kind of like that. So like uh, they're like ah, I don't know anything about Cowboy Bebop. I don't think it's gonna work. And that kind of made me just want to do it more. You're like watch this. Yeah, yeah. You're like hold my beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, it worked out really well. I think like also the elements in Cowboy Bebop kind of like lend itself to the speakeasy. Like um, there's a lot of jazz and the motifs of it like. Speakeasy looks kind of like a jazzy bar anyway, so like you can kind of just fill it up with like smoke and whiskey and music and <laughs> art and just. I mean, I don't know if people automatically connect to the anime itself, but if they don't, uh, I feel like all those other things that the anime is is like pretty universal and pretty like pretty hip and pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to do something like I want people to think out. I don't know, think outside the box. Yeah, and it kind of turns into an immersive thing, too, because I remember you had, like, a band. What was the band there that you had there that was playing jazz? Uh, the first one was, oh, man, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, put them on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. 
Nah, it's all good. I'm sorry, Tan. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah, (laughs) my bad. He wasn't ready for that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of bands on the show. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. That band is doing, I mean, man, what the fuck? Like, uh, (laughs) people talk to me about that band all the time because people come to these shows and they're like, man, I, I I, I follow that band all around. Oh man, it begins with an E, man. Equilibrium, equilibrium. Oh, there it is. Yeah. That's right. As soon oh. as I heard it, that's yeah. what it was. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> oh man, no, you brought it in at the end. You came in in the clutch. Yeah, I've, I've run into people all the time at the bars. Like these four or five girls came up to me once. I was like, man, we follow Equilibrium around the city now because of that show. What? Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's like my main goal for. I mean, when me and Mike book the shows, I think what we want to do is try to connect people together, like the city. Like I don't know. Like uh, every art scene gets kind of clicky. And I kind of want to break that up a little bit. So like yeah, all these bands true. like get booked together and they don't necessarily know each other. And I think it's like good to meet people. That's definitely the cool part about it because, you know, a lot of it is you might not have to know someone, you know, that does a gallery or that owns a gallery or that curates it that in order for your pieces to get into something like that. But with, with this model, it's like, you know, some guy that maybe has always loved to draw or paint or anybody can get into these art shows. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I like, I kind of just limit people to like space and like, if we were out of space, we just don't do it. And like, I'll, I'll actively seek people too. So like, it's not just like, uh, haphazard. Like I'll, I'll just go through people's Instagrams, looking for pictures around town. And if they, like, if I feel like they're into it, I'll kind of message them or like, I'll go through my friends and message them. And uh, outside of that, we get like a lot of people that uh, I just meet a lot of people doing this and it's been pretty nice. Yeah, that seems like such a strenuous process because you're in it from like the concept, where, which is where Mike comes in and like does like the posters and everything. Yeah. And then down to, you know, like you and him hang the art, you pick up the pieces if it needs to be picked up. Yeah. Like close the sales, yeah. distribute money. It's like pretty, it's kind of a hassle, man. It's a labor of love. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that was what I was going to say is it's not like a, you're just setting it up and then just like leaving it. Yeah. Like you're, you're involved from the beginning to the end. Yeah. I think that's why our shows are like, they go off pretty smoothly. I think they go off smoothly. They do. Yeah. I, I think mean, they do. The last show we had like a fashion show. We like set up chairs right before I had, we had to talk to the staff and like, okay, bring these chairs out right before the fashion show. Everybody filled them up. Fashion show happened. Staff came out, removed the chairs. Uh, band is backlined. They're all the gears set up. They're ready to play right after. Uh, we're pretty organized. I think it just comes from playing shows and being stranded and being mad at the yeah. And then just being like, I kind of just try to make the shows to where, how I want the show to run if I were on the show, I guess. Yeah, that's great. The logistics side of it. I mean, it, it seems like it flows every time. Yeah. It's just, there's never a hiccup and it's great. Especially with throwing in something that you hadn't done before. The last one was the uh, the, fashion the, the fashion show, right? Yeah, that one was. I mean, I didn't know anything about fashion shows, so I was kind of learning as I went. Yeah, you know? like uh, yeah, it went, went really well. That's cool, man. Um, so, kind of in that vein, um, it makes me think of you know you put in that work and going to pick up the pieces if you need to there was a story you told about the west anderson one that cracked me up can you maybe tell that story Um, about picking up that yeah specific piece that someone left for you it was just this uh kid i guess he was 21 but he didn't he didn't have a car and he was in more and he couldn't get me the piece so i was like uh i usually drive around a lot to do comedy so i was heading to norman that night and uh i was like all right i can just stop by and pick it up and he was like, all right, it's going to be at this massage parlor or whatever. 
and I pull in, it's like this weird, like Thai massage parlor <laughs> and there's like, no, nobody's in there. It's like a wall. You can't really see the lady behind the glass. Uh, she's, I just, she's like, what do you want? And it was kind of aggressive. I didn't, I kind of like freaked out. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I was like, I think there's a painting here for me. And then she just pointed at the floor and I looked behind me and there was like this painting of Bill Murray. And, uh, <laughs> it felt like a Wes Anderson movie in the moment. I just, uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> that is like the funniest story. Like when he told that at the AIGA thing and like died, I was like, that literally is like, it couldn't be a more Wes Anderson thing. Just yeah. completely like ridiculous like that. I just feel like if there's like quick cuts or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that cracked me up, man. The one of the things uh, we talked about was a show that we both really liked and I got into because it was in Toonami but it was uh, Ronin Warriors yeah I love Ronin Warriors that was that's such a specific one and I think it's one that not a whole lot of people watched and yeah. so I it really like I got excited whenever you talked about like that that was one of your favorite ones and I was like man no one ever thinks about like the two that I think are like the unsung shows that I like that maybe people don't show as much love are Ronin Warriors and uh, Knights of the Zodiac I don't even know Knights of the See, Zodiac. See, and like every time I talk about that one, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, but at least you know Ronin Warriors. Ronin Warriors is great. Yeah, uh, what kind of drew you into like, what was the thing that drew you into that show, you think? I think it was like like Power Rangers when I was like really young. And I was like, this is like Power Rangers, but like cooler. Is. Yeah. And it was like a cool tiger. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's just badass. Uh, it's kind of a repetitive show, but it has to do with like, I don't know. It's like a supernatural uh, army fighting teenage kids like ninja turtles you know what i mean <laughs> it is i mean it is like you said it's like power rangers yeah and the power rangers like if you go back and watch mighty Morphin power rangers like super repetitive you're like okay the putties come out yeah they defeat the villain but then the villain gets big and then they kill with the megazord and then rita gets mad you're like you know how every episode's gonna go yeah but as a kid you're like tuning in every day like oh what's the new thing yeah. gonna be and they like ramped up like i don't know there's only like 49 episodes so it'd be like repetitive 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 and then something would happen like in the story, like, Whoa. the story progressed a little bit. Like, what's happening? <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> you would uh, you would stick around for those little bits where you're like, whoa, <laughs> like something actually happened that was like out of the uh, uh, monster of the week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something out of the uh, the formula. You're like, whoa, this is so different. <laughs> that always cracked me up. I love that. Um, a uh, a guest favorite that I'm sensing is Dragon Ball Z. And so I talked to Mac about Dragon Ball Z because it's that was her favorite show. She was in episode two. And, <laughs> episode two of Dragon Ball Z? No, she was in episode two of this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would have been like, incredible. It's her favorite show. She's on episode two. Oh, <laughs> that's 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 she, I heard okay. It. I you meant, like, okay. <laughs> she used one episode and she knew she liked it. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, she. That's uh, so <laughs> <laughs> she's just putting all her eggs in one basket. <laughs> no, but she. Uh, what I meant was that she's in the last episode of this podcast and she talked about that her being her favorite show because she was very into jujitsu and martial arts growing up. Um, was there something that maybe made that show stand out to you or was it like your friends liked it? So you kind of gravitated towards it or uh, Dragon Ball Z or yeah, Warriors? Dragon Ball Z. Um, man, Dragon Ball Z is just tight. Like when you watch it, it's, uh, I don't know if you even like looking back, cause I, I've gone back and watched Dragon Ball through like Z all the way from Z to GT or whatever. I guess Super's on right now, but uh, everybody mostly started at Z. And if you think about it, that show doesn't make any sense when, you, when it starts because the, the characters aren't introduced. Yeah, you're like, who's this guy? Yeah, he has a kid. Everybody's shocked that he has a kid. And it's like, this is the first episode. It's like, why is everybody, why do I care that he has a kid? 
You know what I mean? I mean like, it uh, is true. It's disjointed because you come in like halfway through the story. You come back. You come in like ten years into this kid yeah. growing up into this badass martial artist, or like seven years, I think. Because I think when they find Goku, he's like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and something he, like that. He's like probably like twenty-one or twenty-two by the time Z, Z mm-hmm. happens. But like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Like the uh, universal there. exception of that, like people accepting that show. They're like, this is so cool. I'm just going to watch this with no backstory or no prior knowledge of what's going on. Piccolo's a badass. His arm's getting blown off. And like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, they're really good at doing that anime shock. I mean, it's like pretty, it's, <laughs> it's pretty like cliche at this point, but it's just like a villain being like really snotty. Yeah. And then like some scrappy earthlings, like, take them on and like the classic, oh, what the fuck? it's that classic story <laughs> the classic what the fuck moments like <laughs> we talked about that being a common trope um with some of my other guests was dragon ball z's formula was kind of like oh this uh every villain we meet is the strongest in the universe yeah. and it's like ah come on like <laughs> and it gets so like you start to see it like as a kid you're just like oh new episodes thank god yeah like, and but like as an adult when you look back now you're like that was the exact like that was like power rangers like it was the exact same thing every time i could accept it with z man but i'm watching super right now and it's like it's like fucking irritating it kind of sucks (laughs) yeah now they can destroy entire universes yeah yeah it gets it gets a little wild but you gotta think they're running out of like ideas man like everything's been done like just like just leave it a go leave it alone man (laughs) (laughs) he's running it into the ground (laughs) He's not uh, even doing it anymore. I mean, he's a consultant on it, but he's yeah, not. Yeah, see, I think writer. he was consulting and he didn't even do any of GT, did he? No, nah, not at all. And uh, so. I think that's why I can, like, kind of divorce myself from the, both of the series. Like, they're fun, but, like, I don't really, I don't like, really accept, them. accept them as uh, canon. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, we talked about GT uh, being the, um, the uh, ugly little brother of Z, and it's just, like, how disjointed it was. Yeah. And I actually didn't, I don't think I realized that. Akira Toriyama didn't do GT yeah. until after the fact. And I was just like, oh, well, no wonder it was disjointed. It's just really totally weird. I mean, Dragon Ball in general is totally weird because yeah. it's like really lighthearted and then it'll be like super violent or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, but GT is like really lighthearted. I don't know. It, I think I also had a problem with them just not being as strong for a while. Like Goku gets wished into a kid and he's fighting like these. I remember like the first or second episode, they're in space and they're fighting like some dude with like a laser whip and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you, you should be just, just destroying <laughs> that guy. You should destroy this entire planet. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. I'm just like, what the heck man? Like this has, this makes no sense. It's funny cause it's a, it's a cartoon show, but you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, of course it's like, it's not that part of it that you're talking about. It's because, you know, Goku has been like the guy this whole time. Yeah. And now it's like, a, now he's not the most powerful. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, they didn't even like explain why he's not. Cause he still is like in later episodes. He's yeah. just as strong. I just, uh, it was like a continuity thing that they yeah. like forgot. Uh, actually, you know what? He is powerful. Yeah. <laughs> we so, forgot to mention this, but we'll go ahead and act like nothing happened. Just don't have him in the show. Just have this. Just have Trunks and his granddaughter and like go on adventures with Goten. Yeah, that could have been its own little thing. I, I think yeah. it's true. But they wanted to keep Goku. And I think in some way it was maybe kind of a nod back to Dragon Ball in a way, just having him as a kid. I don't know. That's a bit of a reach, but. Yeah, I, th- I think you're actually you're right. They wanted to do that, but like also don't do that. Just like. Yeah, just go ahead and don't do Like I understand you want to do that, uh, but just go ahead and don't do that. Because just have another kid who acts like Goku. Like Goten <laughs> acts exactly like Goku. That is true. And uh, yeah, just have another kid and he's, he's really strong now <laughs> and he's 
Goku. Um, so, Goku's an old man. He reads books yeah, or something. I don't know. He's fucking is, old now. That would have like, been funny. He's like 50, 60 he's years like old. He's like the Master Roshi of like the new character. That yeah. would have been kind of funny. It's just like, they got to let that character <laughs> evolve a little bit. That's true. Um, so my favorite saga, if I had to pick one, I think it's probably be Namek. Um, Namek getting into like the future trunks type saga. The future trunks is tight. Uh, uh, that's my favorite character. And so like, that's that part i talk about that part blowing my mind all the time like when goku's trying to get back from you know from the planet whenever whenever he's learning instant transmission and everything and frieza and his dad get to earth and you're like oh my god goku's not there what are they gonna do like they're gonna get shit on (laughs) and then trunk just shows up and just like shits on everyone it's like who is this guy it's a great intro to that character ah so cool and then they have kid trunks later and he's just the worst I love Kid Trunks. Do so you like him? Yeah. I thought he was pretty annoying, but... I like uh, Goten and Kid Trunks. I like Goten. I like um, their... I don't know. I just like that they're best friends and they're super strong. Yeah, that's true. Like, like Kid uh, Super Saiyan and like Vegeta was like losing his shit about it. Like, <laughs> they've turned it into a play toy. Like, because <laughs> they're like kids and they're already Super Saiyans. I thought that was... I mean, I think it's pretty funny. Like Super Saiyan now and Super, it's just like... Anybody can be a Super Saiyan. Yeah, like, that's, like, it, it got a little weird there, didn't it? It's kind of like, diverted. Kaba, Kaba, I don't remember. Yeah, that. I don't. I can't even remember half the new stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of like Pokemon with me because I was such a huge fan when I was a kid, and now like I talk about like my nephew is a huge Pokemon fan. Yeah, but he likes like the later generations, and now I'm like the adult. Like that's stupid. Why do they have a keychain Pokemon? Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas like literally my favorite Pokemon's a fire lizard. Like, <laughs> It doesn't make it any better, but now I'm like the the adult in the situation, and I'm like, this is dumb. Like, what I remember you- when that shit came out, and there was 180, 81 Pokemon, 151 100, in the original. Yeah, and I was like, this is too many, and then yeah. I just I knew them all at the end, and I was like, I don't want to learn any more than this. <laughs> like, fuck this. Now there's like 300 or <laughs> some. No, it's more than 300. There's like 800 Pokemon now. You're like, I can't do with it. What man. the hell? Um, one that you talked about that I ha- haven't personally gotten into that maybe you could talk about. Um, kind of the draw of it was a Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I haven't got into it. A lot of my friends are big fans of that show, and it's not that I like haven't like I didn't want to watch it or anything. It's yeah. just like I haven't made the time to watch it. So for someone like me, what's like the draw in for that for you? You think it's like it takes a lot of elements of like classic like shonen anime, which I know like it's kind of divisive because it's like people don't really like it all the time. But like Dragon Ball Z shonen, and it takes all those elements and it just kind of condenses it into like. A sixty episode series. I think the main draw for me is like I'm not watching five hundred episodes of people yeah. like training montages and like powering up. <laughs> There's like no powering up in that show whatsoever. If there is, it isn't like this dude has to like leave for ten episodes or whatever. Yeah. It's just I don't know. The storytelling is like it's just cleaner. It's just like a more defined storyline. Yeah, it's like sixty episodes, boom, we're out. Nice. Like, uh yeah. So relatively, it's like not a super long series. Then yeah, they have one. They have one thing they gotta do, and it's not about. They don't draw it out or anything. Yeah, it's not about being the toughest in the world or whatever. It's about uh, solving this mystery, and once they do that, it's just kind of done. Gotcha. See that that's a cool one, and that's one that I've always been interested in. Just never took the time to watch. Yeah, and it's the same with like Naruto. I never took the time to watch Naruto, but with my like I have my friend Tim Tim Wynn. 
he uh, he's a huge fan of that show. Yeah. And apparently, there's like ten million episodes of that. There's show. There's way too many episodes, and he's watched every single episode. I've, I skipped a filler, but like, yeah, I can't re- I can't even recommend that show to people. It's like, <laughs> but I, I love that show. But that's like not one I would recommend to yeah. anybody. And it's crazy. Like he talks about even watching the filler episodes. Like he's like, I'm it. hardcore, and I'm like, dude, that sounds hardcore. Like, Good for you, man. I don't yeah. got time for that. I don't got time for that shit at all. It's like they make me mad. Like the episodes make me mad. Oh, like, really? Yeah. It's like the kind of the opposite of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. They, they, there's literally one part towards the end. They're like in the middle of this battle, and they're, it's at nighttime, and it's just this one fight. And they show like two episodes at the beginning of the season that have to do with the storyline, and it cuts to like a crazy filler, like a two year filler. And then they cut back to the fight. And like, I remember like at some point, like one of the characters dies like before the main fight happens, but it's still that same night, like in the timeline, this this character. So you haven't moved forward at all. This character dies. And then two years of filler, it comes back and then it cuts back to one of like that character, one of that character's best friends. And she's just like, man, it's really sad that that dude died. And then her reaction wouldn't be like that. It would, it'd be like more distraught because that had just happened in the storyline, but like for the fans who've been watching the series, it's been drawn out. It's been two years. So it's like, it's comical at this point. And this character is like, it's almost like breaking the fourth wall. Like this character is like pretending like it's been, it's like, Oh, I still wish this guy was still alive. She says it like in a comical way. Like she's been with us the whole time for two years. Yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be intentional like that, but it definitely comes off like that because that character just saw her friend die. Yeah. But she's acting like it's been like a while. Yeah. yeah. It seems like kind of disjointed, I guess, but I don't know if they intentionally made it that way. Kind of like you're saying, like, I think it's just, uh, yeah, they just got, I can't, they just wanted to make money, so they just kind of <laughs> drew it out. Yeah, like, just they forgot wanted to draw it out. At. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I'm not gonna say they're lazy because they they obviously made a lot of episodes, but it's just like that's just unnecessary bad, bad storytelling yeah. at that point. Or clunky. I could see that for sure. Um, one of the other ones that you mentioned that I love is Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, um, I think a lot of stuff. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, how long that show is. And I didn't actually, I don't like, I thought I realized it later. It's like, I didn't even finish this series. Cause like I, 150 episodes. I fell off. Yeah. I fell off after the, uh, the demon tournament. Like, yeah. And I didn't realize there was like a whole other arc after that. I was like, geez, like I gotta get back to watching this. Yeah. But it's so good up to that point. And then I think maybe I watched like the first episode of that new arc and like couldn't get into it or something. But I, uh, I love that series. It's so good. It's on Hulu. I just started rewatching it. Like, oh, it's on Hulu now. Yeah. Uh, when I first watched it, I had like, I bought some CDRs from Yahoo Auction and there was like real media nice. player files of bootlegs, and like their the translation on them were like, I don't think English was their first language or whatever. So <laughs> no, for real, like it was fucking really hard to understand what was Jeez. happening in those stories. Stories. <laughs> the struggles, man. This, that's the bootleg struggle. Yeah, man. I, I did it with DBZ too, but I don't know. They just had better subs. Yeah, that's true. Um, like the one, the one of the ones I watched on subs was One Punch Man, and I've been watching that like on subs. Yeah, and I think it's pretty good. But yeah, it was something like that. I don't know. I think you could get lost pretty easy. I really like that. That's probably my my favorite part of that. The uh, the story was like the the whole tournament. Uh, the whole tournament, like the Demon World tournament, oh, I yeah. love that. I love that whole story and like them the building up to that tournament. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, always really liked Hiei. I think he's my favorite character. Who's your favorite character in that show? Uh, Hiei for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so I always really. I think it's because I'm a short guy. 
And so I'm like, yeah, he's tough and he's a short guy. <laughs> and so I, yeah, that was one show um, that I was glad that you talked about liking because it was one that I think maybe not a whole lot of people like recall whenever they're talking about shows like this. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like everybody, I just had like a kid, like my friend uh, is like a work friend. He moved here from San, San Antonio. Uh-huh. He came here with nothing, but uh, like some UU Hacker Show DVDs. And he just totally had. Yeah, like he just like he didn't have any friends That's here. That's awesome. He just sit in his apartment and watch UU Hacker Show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That's funny. Well, I think not that it's not like a you know well known or like a beloved series, but whenever like you talk about and it maybe because like you know a lot of us grew up and I always talk about how I liked the basic bitch anime stuff like yeah anything that was on toonami but there's so much more like outside of that yeah and so i think it's just like one of the ones that maybe aren't like at the top of the list of recall like dragon ball z is definitely up there yeah like, a lot of the other ones maybe a little bit before you you show so i think sometimes it could be slept on but there's definitely like the people out there that love it like by the drones yeah i just like that style of storytelling like i like it a lot obviously i like it a lot it's just uh it gets kind of old man like when you start watching like five or ten series that are like 300 episodes long and like every one is about fucking being the strongest (laughs) it's that trope man it's that common trope (laughs) yeah uh and one of some of the ones i'm like looking forward to getting into after talking to some of my guests are like the ones that kind of you know play off of like the mental games like uh paranoia agent yeah uh was one that a couple people a couple guests have talked about um but Steins Gate was one that came up that I haven't gotten. I recommend Steins Gate. Yeah, a lot. that was one I haven't gotten been able to get into yet, and so that's probably one of the ones I'm most excited about getting it, into. It's great. I remember like I watched it and like I laughed, I cried, like I fucking felt good, <laughs> it felt bad. I don't know. The whole the whole thing is great. Uh, yeah, and like I remember not really knowing what it was about, and then like I finished it and like pretty fast, and like I searched Steins Gate. And then I found some Kotaku article and it was like Steinsgate best anime ever question mark. And I was like, yeah. Oh, piping hot take. I kind of like, I kind of agreed like coming off, like watching it and then finding that article. I was like, yeah, I agree. I'll agree with that. This this shit is great. And I watched the spirituals, spiritual sequel. It was like robotics notes and like, yeah, that was one you mentioned and it was kind of stylized that same way. Yeah. I love that show. Uh, that show gets hating on it like a lot, but really it's, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Nice. Um, so I like the idea of the like American anime, and we talked about Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, um, and I think that's an interesting concept of like American anime. Yeah, um, what are some other ones that you think could be considered? Maybe just uh, maybe aside from Justice League Unlimited, that are just, like American anime. I consider. I mean, new ones. I think Castlevania for sure. I mean, it looks like a straight up anime, but you could tell by the writing and the humor that it's like definitely more Western. Uh, I love. Yeah. Have you seen Castlevania on Netflix? I saw that it gotten on, and there's another podcast that I uh, listen to. Is um, man, and I can't even I, I can't even think of it now either. Like <laughs> earlier, uh, there's a podcast that I watched there out of Austin, and um, they uh, they were talking. They did a review of it, and a lot of them had liked it because a lot of them played like the game growing up, um, and so they gave it like a, a thumbs up. Yeah, and so I was like gonna get into it, but I just haven't like taken the time. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Like you so should, is it, you recommend it? Yeah, it's only four episodes long, too. Oh, okay, so, so it's, it's pretty, like, yeah. Is it like hour-long episodes or what? 20, 23 Okay, minutes. so it's not too bad. Yeah. Might be one I have to go home and knock out real quick. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can definitely do it. It's great. Uh, the animation's great. The humor in it's great. Uh, the action scenes are great. Uh, I don't know. Just as limited is kind of easy to pick out because uh, the storytelling is pretty sequential. Not Like, uh, 
I don't know, old American cartoons, they kind of just had like Monster of the Week and they just let you kind of sell yeah. something. Like, run, like, just no progression in the stories. Uh, Justice League Unlimited was kind of good. Like, they built on uh, ideas from the beginning of the series and like kind of filled them out toward the end. And they kind of like had nice climaxes. And like the fight scenes were kind of anime like. Uh, I remember the Huntress was fighting some some girl. I remember thinking like this looks like anime. Like like the choreography is like pretty nice. And then every time Superman fought like Shazam or something, it just looked like DBZ just like flying around. So oh, I was, like, seriously? Yeah. It's like the flying. It gets a very zoomed out, and they fly at each other. Type. Yeah, stuff. just like I mean, they weren't like throw like thousand fireballs at each other, but somebody like <laughs> Superman, Superman would hit somebody in there. Then he'd fly up behind him and yeah. smash him down. I think that's very that is very anime. Yeah, it's very DBZ. It's very it's like in part of American stuff now. Like Matrix was doing it, and now it's like yeah. old Superman stuff now. But uh, the first time I ever saw that was DBZ. I think DBZ in terms of like godlike characters fighting each other was like way ahead of his. Time. Oh yeah, I think I I think I remember seeing a side by side of someone doing like I think it was a second Matrix movie. Um, was whenever Neo's fighting one of the agents. But they did a side by side of it in Dragon Ball Z, and it was like, I was like, wow, that's yeah. like identical. It might have been the literal trailers. They, uh, I think there's one, man, there's one with Neo, and there's also if you watch that chase scene where like the, I think the on the highway, yeah, with the dreadlock dudes and they're chasing, yeah. um, they're on the trucks or whatever, and they're fighting like Morpheus, I think. Yeah, Morpheus, and then uh, Neo's trying to get away with the keymaker. Yeah, yeah. There's a side by side of that, and it's like Android 18 versus. Vegeta, and it's the same. So I think the Matrix just like I never thought of that. Like ripped off. No, like there's a side by side video. It looks like pretty similar. Wow. And uh, I need to check that one out. I think they just stole the choreography. Honestly, yeah, they're just like, hey, we like that. Yoink. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> call us out on it. It's kind of fucked up now that I think about it. Yeah, you're like, man, that's like stealing. <laughs> like high key, that's like stealing, like outright. <laughs> <laughs> and the Matrix it's, is like another American. I don't really consider that American anime. Yeah, because like I mean, it is, but. It's just done really poorly. It's like really blatant, and mm. I, I feel like I don't know. It's like a pro, a pro, cultural appropriation in that sense. Oh yeah. But like with Justice League Unlimited, I feel like it's, that's an American anime because like they took like elements and they like weaved it into their storytelling. It's really subtle, and uh, it's it's just really nicely done. Yeah, I think well, yeah, like the parallel. I mean, you could definitely see like the uh, <clears throat> the uh, you know inspiration they took from anime but even like the parallel with like the stories i mean that's like that classic story like superman you know he's the alien that comes to earth and he's like ends up being becoming an earthling that's the same story as goku yeah yeah, they definitely jack that for sure so and this is like become a a thing that i've uh, wanted to do in the show um I like to talk about the great <laughs> Goku versus Superman. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot, James. Uh, the Goku versus Superman uh, controversy. <laughs> and so lay out that scenario, Nate. Uh, talk about who you think wins and why. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> I think Goku eventually wins just because like, he just gets stronger eventually. That's, that's what happens with Goku. And just always. He always wins. It just always gets better and everything. Yeah. If it's not him, one of his homies will get stronger. When like, There you go. He always has his boys. Yeah. That's funny. That's a quick hot take from James right here on the Toons Podcast. It's so dumb. That's <laughs> the dumbest argument. I hate that argument so much. It's so fun. Well, it's just like, it's just a funny thing that comes up all the time. Yeah. And I've like decided to hijack it and talk about it from time to time. That shit will show up on my Instagram Explorer. Like just memes about it. And I just fucking have to like unfollow. Yeah, that. like rage unfollow. Yeah, everyone. just like 
show me less of this. You know that feature? Yeah, it's like, show yeah. me less. So I got to go through like 20 of those. And it's like, show me less. Like, seriously, stop showing me this. <laughs> I don't want to see this anymore. Not at all, man. Man. Um, one of the things that I loved about Dragon Ball Z was the uh, the intro song was just like shredding, man. Yeah. And so I love that style. I love like the, the music in different shows. Like Cowboy Bebop arguably has like the best opening like the tank yeah opening um what are some other shows that you think have like the sick like a openings really, yeah sick um, openings man naruto has a really good opening uh asian kung fu, kung fu generation is like their second theme song the song is fucking <laughs> fucking fire that's <laughs> great uh i don't know if you ever watched beck beat um beat crusaders beck it's mm-hmm. like a story about this uh it's like this kid and he meets some japanese kid who grew up in america and he like plays guitar really well and this kid's like kind of shy, but then he learns, learns to play guitar. They start a band. So like that entire show has like a lot of like fake Beatles sounding songs, like, but they sound pretty good. That's cool, man. Um, I think it's interesting to, you know, kind of take different elements from different shows. Cause there's like a show could, that could be about one thing and then you like, you like it, but then there's like a show that's about a completely different no way related thing and you like it as well and so i think it's the same way with music like with the intros not necessarily the intros but like just like what you like is like preferences when you're growing up with music um and i know you talked about liking like the di- like different stuff growing up so like from like green day to bright eyes yeah um, i mean green day was like when i was like eight yeah i mean i'm still i still respect green day but man they're not my favorite to listen to yeah anymore. but it's just like like the throwback stuff i mean it's the things you remember like listening to when you're growing up and yeah. so and then a lot of it's like maybe something you heard like family members listening to yeah um can you maybe talk about like a little bit like is there some stuff that maybe your brother was listening to growing yeah. up that you kind of got into or like your parents? Yeah, I had like two brothers and my dad liked music a lot. So I don't know. I think I like a grow- I took a lot from my friends from school for one. And then like both my brothers and my, my dad, my mom doesn't like music hardly at all. Uh, she just usually listens to just like chanting and stuff, like prayer, prayer stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my little brother got me into Bright Eyes. Uh, my older brother got me into like Rancid and like Green Day and stuff. Um, started like in Lackwagon just based on the trajectory I was going on. Uh, a lot of emo, a lot of hip hop. I don't know. Just, just, I don't know. Whatever was around, I guess I yeah, grabbed just it. Just kind of a mishmash of like different genres, different styles. Yeah. My dad was really into Elvis and like Stevie Wonder and just like Vietnamese music. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just picked songs I liked and just kind of, I don't know. When you're young, especially back then, I don't know how it is now, but like everybody just kind of tries to pigeonhole you into this thing. And, uh, and you're like, no, man, I like all this different stuff. Yeah. It's like, why can't I like this and this? Yeah. I don't know. It was like Goku, Goku versus Superman's a dumb argument. But I remember when I was like six or seven and like people were arguing rap versus rock. And I was like, yeah, you're like, what? It's yeah. like too, like, you can't even do that. Yeah. Just, uh, how about you just enjoy? Just, I don't know, turn off, turn off your biases. Yeah, it's not, kinda... why does that have to be like a contest? Yeah. Like, why can't I like both type of yeah. thing? People are still doing that argument when I was that like is true. Yeah. 18. I mean, I don't know if they're still doing that in general. I feel like it's still like, some of it's still around, but there's so much of like a, just like a gray area of like where genres begin and end now that yeah. maybe it's a little bit of, it, of it's going away. But there's definitely still like the people that are like hardcore rock. They're like, rap is so stupid. I and mean, like, I can say, I can see you don't like it, but like, yeah. come on, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's like not even people like saying they don't like it without even like giving it a try. Yeah. Like they have one idea of what it is, especially yeah. 
like just specifically the example of like rock to rap like people have like think everything's the same when it's rap and it's like there's like different genres there's like depending on where you listen to it from like because the hip like rap from the south or rap from new york like yeah it's like stylistically it's different so it's hard to like put into one box and just say all rap like a blanket statement all rap is not good i know a lot of people like country and they'll be like talking shit on like pop but like if you listen to like country songs now they just sound like pop songs they got like auto-tune and like like doo-wop beats and stuff yeah i don't know well it's like Taylor Swift's like not even. She started off as like a country yeah, artist. Yeah, she's straight like, pop now. Where like you remember that time you used to sing teardrops on my guitar? Like <laughs> where? What happened to that Taylor Swift? <laughs> she's Hollywood. I mean, yeah. I guess she's New York, but yeah, it's the way it goes, man. It's just like it's so. That's one of the things I think will always kind of be polarizing in a way is music. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think people need to chill, chill out. I think like, you think you're right, man. I think a lot of it's just like, dude, like you can like different stuff and it's cool. Like, yeah. You don't have to be stuck in a box, like just liking one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. Um, so you talked about liking uh, rap, and uh, I remember earlier we talked about um, a band that we both really like was uh, uh, Tokyo Police Club. Yeah, yeah, I love Tokyo Police Club. Uh, and they were also on Saddle Creek. That's how I knew. Oh, okay. The, yeah, so the they were out of Omaha. They were. They're from Canada, but uh, they, like their record label, they were so successful. They started attracting different talent. Uh, but yeah, Elephant Shells on uh, Saddle Creek. Nice. Yeah, we talked about that was like one of the things that I liked that I remember when I started liking that band and I was thinking, man, there's like no way anyone else could possibly <laughs> like this. And then it's funny because like years later, I find people like you and I'm like, you like Tokyo Police Club? <laughs> I like, think I what? just like non-traditional singers, like non- yeah. non-traditional singers, but like. Something is like different. Yeah, they don't sound. That sound like maybe bad, but like as you know, not bad, but like it's not like they're not like completely Whitney, like Whitney on. Houston. Yeah, not like, completely just perfectly on pitch every single time. Yeah, like, they're not something like with a little grit. Super trained singers, but yeah. like, I don't know, man. That band is great. Uh, one of the things I think you know you're talking about, like you kind of get put in a box, and I think that happened to me a lot, um, especially because I mean it's high school, and that like that just happens. I think. And so, you know, I would kind of get, I would kind of get shit because, like, one of I'd be listening to, like, Norma Jean or, like, The Chariot or something, like, Screamo is what everybody always, yeah. like, no matter what genre it is, it's Screamo if, like, there's yelling. Yeah. And so I would listen to, like, yeah, the ones I was just talking about, Norma Jean, The Chariot. Um, but then I would, like, jump over and listen to, like, uh, Rooney or, like, something Rooney. corporate. Yeah. I love Rooney. Like, that's one of my favorite bands. Or something corporate, Jack's Mannequin, stuff like yeah. that. And then I'll jump over and listen to like The Used or Yeah. I was just like all over the place. And in a way you're kinda almost like that's like the weird kid, like he can't decide what he wants or what he likes. And I just think that's so dumb. Like I don't think you said so you don't decide. I just like you have to be so cookie cutter. So that's, that's really yeah, basic. You know? That's what it feels like. And it's like back then you're like I don't know, like just me personally, it, I was just so like I guess self-conscious that I was like, Oh like, yeah, maybe they, maybe they're right. I'm not cool because I like different stuff, I don't know. but now it's, it's, I think it's cool because now it's like almost cool to be like that, to be like pulling from different areas. I feel like naturally, like that's just way, the way it goes these days. Like there's so much music you can listen to for fairly cheap or free. And it's like, why not like, uh, find stuff you like and just kind of follow those like logic threads. I don't know. Yeah, I think the the accessibility of it now, like you're saying, um, 
it's just so crazy now that you can just you know people being discovered on soundcloud and stuff all the time yeah you're like oh man that's how a lot of people found their breaks um yeah. i think i told the story about um chance the rapper found the beat for uh uh no problem did some two like these two guys just like made this beat and someone said oh that sounds like chance the rapper should get on that yeah and so they like dm chance the rapper and he was like yeah like whatever like i like that song <laughs> or i like the beat and so he like you know he wrote no problem these two guys have been making music together for two years and then that's like one of the biggest songs of the year just they just made this track and sent it to him <laughs> and just like the accessibility of it is just completely revolutionized like how yeah. we consume music and so i think it's crazy i think it's an interesting shift in the way that it's you know done now yeah and so i think that's really cool um as far as like the uh, comedy label, um, do you have anything going on with that right now? Like, do you um, have any shows coming up or anything? We're talking about. I mean, we got shows coming up just on my own, but for in terms of releases, I was talking to Madison. He runs a show at Speakeasy called Divine Comedy, and he was talking to me about this LA show called Holy Fuck, and uh, they put out a compilation uh, of like just like thirty LA comics, and he's wanting to do something similar with like Divine Comedy in Oklahoma City. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to work, kind of work it on. That so it's kind of in the works right now. Yeah. That would be tight, man. Can just like a, like a best of like OKC type thing. Yeah, I've done compilations in the past, but like it would be kind of nice to get his perspective and kind of like do it differently. To work with him on it. Yeah, that would be tight, man. Um, so kind of in that vein of local, um, we talked about several local bands, and one of the interesting ones that you brought up was uh, Deer People because yeah. didn't Alex from Savings and Loan isn't he like in? Yeah, he's in Deer People, and so rest in peace, Savings and Loan. But yeah shout out to alex shout out to dear people <laughs> yeah dear people's great uh so can you kind of talk about how you um get into like these different bands or like what makes you you know what kind of draws you in like if it's just local because is it a lot of them you play with because you're you know in the outfit the nims and everything yeah i don't think we've played too many shows with them i think i saw i met i met them once like at a festival like they're it was at free tulsa i think uh it was like staggered main stages it was like when free tulsa was really small and uh they're on like maybe an hour before us and we're on right after. So it was like staggered. So I was just kind of watching them from the side. I was like, man, this band is pretty good. And, uh, I don't know. I just they kept showing up. I kept showing up to shows and I don't know. They're really good live, especially like their live energy. Like I'm really envious of, I guess, like, uh, just like a lot of charisma. Yeah, I think so. I think to some people it's like kind of scary how much charisma. Cause like, it's too much energy for some people. Like I've seen my friends come to their shows and like be like, I don't like this. But like <laughs> We're I, doing too much. I love, I love it. Like it's my, it's my, it's my jam. That is cool, man. Yeah. I, I like that. Like the high energy. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember one of the shows I saw at 89th street, I guess it is now. I always want to call it the conservatory just like yeah. off the bat. I still call it the conservatory yeah. just cause like, I don't know. I don't just know. because it's the, it'll always be the conservatory. People will know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, yeah it's true. the conservatory. Exactly. Um, but one of the most, one of my favorite shows I ever saw there was a band called Valencia from Pennsylvania. And those guys were nuts. And they just like brought the house down and everybody, it, it's cool whenever it's a band that's like not super well known, but like everyone that's there like wants to be there. Yeah. And so I think that's one of like the immersive things. And it's really exciting to be at a show like that. And you guys are just all going crazy and like everybody knows all the words. And so I think that's really fun for me when someone like has a lot of charisma and they're like crazy on stage and everything. Yeah. I just like get super into it. I like that too. It's like a, a show. It makes it more like a show. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one, Sh- uh, Shut Up Maduet. Yeah. Um, 
that one kind of was interesting to me because uh, I went to middle school with him. Oh, for real? Yeah. And so, like, I remember knowing, like, I didn't know him super well, but it was funny because I worked at a liquor store in Edmond. And I'm pretty sure that he, like, came in and, like, I saw his, like, name tag or something and I, like, recognized him. And I'm pretty sure it was him. So, shout out to Matt. If that was you, holler at me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, it was just interesting to, like, reconnect with him in that way. And then, like, a couple years later, see that he's doing music. And I was like, oh, man, like, he has a song called Atomic Girl that I really like. Yeah. That I'd, I'd listened to a couple years ago because I really liked, um, have you heard of Acoustic Oklahoma? Yeah. And so they did, like, that whole series of, like, they'd come in and, like, have an artist do, like, two or three songs. I think I watched his session, like, maybe, like, last month. Like, really? I Like, I found it. I was like, what the hell? This is, like, super old. He's, like, yeah. he's way young. And so <laughs> that was, like, a really cool, like, uh, I don't know if that's still, like, a series, if they're still doing it. But I remember seeing him, I think, on that because I was, like, looking at a bunch of, like, local artists. And... um I remember seeing his session on there and thinking, man, Matt's doing music now. And then listen to a couple songs. I was like, this dude's like super quirky and hilarious. Yeah. And like his music's awesome. Like I had no idea. And so I've been like wanting to get out to a show. And so, um, how did you kind of get into him? It was like the same way as dear people. Like you saw him at a show. No, like, my friend, uh, my friend, uh, had moved to New York and I was talking to her online and she's like, I was, ta- I was asking her what she would do if she came back for like a day. And she was like, she said, I want to get, uh, Bloody Mary from Topher at the Hilo. Uh, I would go watch one comedy set from you, which was really sweet of her to oh, say. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. And uh, then she said, I would go watch Matt Jewett play a song. And I was like, Who's Man. The, who the fuck is Matt Jewett? And I was like, I looked yeah. him up and he's great. Yeah. I've listened to him ever since. Is it Matt Jewett Williams? It was, uh, it was like, he had a hyphenated last name. And I remember that always stuck out to me, like in the yearbook or whatever. <laughs> and so I have to dig up that I don't yearbook. know him like that. I just, oh, yeah. I just know him as Matt Jewett. Well, I just, yeah, I just, it was a funny thing because I always think about. Not that it's funny, like his name's hyphenated, but it was just, I always remembered his name because it was Juet Williams. And so I have to dig up my yearbook, see if I can't like find a picture. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'm sure he'll love that. But yeah, I was going to say. I found a picture of Ryan Drake the other day. Like, Did you really? From his freshman year at PCO. And I was like, really? I said it to him. I took a picture of it. I said it to him and he's like, don't show that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I might have to DM it too. I won't put him on blast like that. <laughs> I have to like DM him like how you did, like yeah. DM him. Just be like, hey man, I found this. <laughs> He'll be like, who's this random guy that I I don't remember? <laughs> you know, it's so funny when like you remember someone and they don't remember you and you're like, oh, like I thought you would remember me, but I guess you don't. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, speaking of like Acoustic Oklahoma, that was like a cool uh, series and like a lot of, I saw a lot of local um, acts on there and I was going to maybe, uh, I wanted to ask you maybe a little bit about the ones on that I saw on there and see if maybe you've heard of them. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, Denver Duncan was on there. Have, yeah. Did you did you uh, ever play any shows with him or catching uh, the sets? I haven't. I haven't played any shows with him. I've seen him play before. Uh, I used to work for Ackerman McQueen. I edited uh, some live sessions of him playing. I thought they were oh, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, who else did I see on there? I saw Little Mike and Funny Bone on there. Yeah, I know those guys. Those I, guys I don't know awesome. those guys either, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know them, but like I've seen them play. Yeah. Uh, they, they used to have a Bobo's Fried Chicken song. Yes, yeah. Bobo's. Bobos, Bobos, man! I remember that. That song was crazy because I remember they had like the video was shot out there at Bobos, and it always cracked me up. I was just like, these guys are so ridiculous. I kind of like, want to copy that song, honestly. I know. <laughs> I think it's on iTunes. Um, who are the uh, Electrophone was another band that was on there. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I don't know them. That was just. I think it's really cool to see 
you know, specifically like uh, that show, but just anything like that that puts local artists on the forefront. I love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so have you thought about, have you guys done anything with like any local acts? Like do you have bands opening at local shows for like uh, your comedy acts or anything like um, that? I don't know. Uh, sometimes we have like mashups and stuff. I mean, at the art shows, we definitely book bands all, oh, yeah, all day. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, at the comedy shows, like there's not a ton uh, of like crossover. There's not really a lot of room for it, honestly. Like I've done comedy at a lot of music shows and it's usually doesn't go the best for me. Uh, uh, really? I did a JB show just like last Thursday. Oh, cool. At Bison Witches. And like, man, that oh, was Norman. like, yeah, it was like a loud ass room. I don't think I did that well, honestly. Yeah. Some of it's just not set up for you guys to succeed. <laughs> yeah. You? I mean, everybody's just kind of talking to each other. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think like, like I just look it. like a guy on stage that looks like I'm not supposed to be there. Not, not that I look like that in general, but like <laughs> that night I just, just specifically that like, time. Yeah. They're just like, they can't hear me. The audio kind of sucks. And like, they're just kind of yeah. drinking and talking. It's pretty late. And I'm like, all right, well, I do my best and I think some people liked it, but I, it's a big ass room to like, yeah, not be able to hear somebody in. Yeah. You know? I feel you, man. Um, so some of the other local bands we talked about was, uh, the other one was I and I. Yeah. Actually, I haven't heard of these guys. Um, what's like their story? Like, do you know them? Like, um, I met them a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, they're a lot older than, I mean, not a lot older, but yeah, I just, I think the drummer and slash singer like booked me on one of my first comedy shows when I was like 23 and uh, yeah, he's a really great drummer. And then he, he became my drum instructor for a little bit. So I always listen to him. They're just like really electronic, uh, pretty quirky, uh, totally different from Dear People with Matt Jewett, kind of just chill. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah, I haven't. That's another like thing that I'm kind of excited about with this podcast is maybe hearing about like some of those local acts or different things like that that I haven't heard of that I'm like, oh, I can. Yeah. Like, I need to go check that out. I like, mean, I and I isn't around anymore, but the original band was the New Tribe, but they just got back together. So like, oh, they're okay. going to put out a new album. Gotcha. Nice way to, nice way to plug them there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug all day. <laughs> uh, and then Gentle Ghost was another one that I hadn't heard of. I love Gentle Ghost. Uh, you know, did you check them out at all? I hadn't, I hadn't checked them out yet. They're just, uh, just, I don't know. Some people call them art rock. They're just like a lot of guitars, uh, a lot of screaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Their live show is really good. They're pretty loud, but I don't know. A lot, a lot of different layers of guitars, a lot of pretty good tone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool, man. I I, uh, I appreciate the like your li- like the, the four that you talked about. They're all just kind of different styles, and so it's kind of like shows like it goes back to you like having the, like the different tastes like yeah i don't know you probably didn't purposefully go through and like find different bands or whatever but it just shows that like your personality is like oh yeah i like these guys and these guys are nothing like those guys but i like them too yeah like, i just don't want to like stay in the same spot you know like i could just like i don't know there's like a lot of bands that connect to each other i could just like say oh i don't know everybody's side bands but i kind of feel like it doesn't do anybody any good just to follow I don't know. I just, I feel like people need to like realize how big the world is. Yeah. I think, um, and we talked about that. Um, you said the thing about living in OKC is like, you know, if people get out of their comfort zones a little bit, they'll realize that there's a lot that the city offers that they just like don't know about. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's so true. It's like, just because, you know, there's not a thing to do of your same old thing that you want to do. doesn't mean that there's nothing going on in the city. Yeah. I wish there was like, I don't know, like a, a more organized DIY scene. That sounds shitty, not shitty, but like unrealistic or kind of oxymoron. But I feel like I would like, 
if there's just somebody going to all this stuff and just covering it like the way a reporter would, like somebody with like a classically trained journalism degree who didn't work for a newspaper and just did a really good job of covering all this stuff. That like they a vigilante reporter. Yeah, that would be like badass. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Uh, he was just, like he was just had a lot of time and a lot of money. And, I was gonna say yeah, uh-huh. if you probably if you didn't have so much going on, that could be you could be that guy. Yeah, but. I mean, if, yeah, somebody. If I <laughs> yeah. won a lottery tomorrow, I would just chill in Oklahoma and just start just covering everything. That was uh, one of the ones. One of the things we talked about was uh, kind of a different, like an alternative source for stuff like that is a uh, non-doc. Yeah, yeah, and aren't you? You're a contributor for them. Right? I'm a contributor. Yeah. Uh, so how did that? Did you just kind of meet? Uh, was the guy's tra- Trace? Trace. Yeah, I was just kind of meet him. him. Yeah. Cool. I, I know I've known him for a long time, actually. Or uh, yeah, that's why I was sorry. I meant like, did you just did you meet him and then just kind of like have that relationship and then he brought you on to do like? He just saw something I wrote what? on Facebook and was like, "Hey, I know you do this. Like sometimes I'll get like hungover or like sometimes I'm just anxious and I'll just like write like a crazy long." Facebook posts or just like sometimes I'll write like short stories or sometimes I'll write poems or whatever or reviews and he just saw me do that once and he was like hey if you ever got that energy you can just write for us uh, we kind of we, we'd love to have you so I just like jumped on that's cool man and that's I think that's kind of the mindset of like how it is in OKC it's like he saw that you were talented in that area and he was like you know what I have this platform like why don't you come do this for me I mean that's how I operate too so like I was like yeah I'd love to do that that's awesome man that's that's super cool that you were able to get involved in that and speaking of like what you do like on social and everything I feel like every time I go to your page I like crack up about something that you're doing because it's like just so different <laughs> and uh, I saw that you're doing like a series of like watching the defenders with like yeah, your yeah. friend <laughs> <laughs> is that just an idea like kind of uh, for people that may not be friends with you or like may not know what I'm talking about can you like kind of lay out that series and just kind of talk about it a little bit yeah, it's just a funny thing I kind of like uh, I work at this side shop like I got like a couple of gigs but like one of this I work at Lettering Express as their plot manager like I like cut vinyl and stuff and weed it and uh, my friend Louise, like he works in the t-shirt department. And then uh, last year or sometime this year, we were watching Iron Fist and uh, we had a really good time just at lunch being like really tired, grubbing down on some food and like watching this terrible, I don't I think it was like, I was not going to say it's terrible because I had a good time watching it, but like there's, it's, there's, that show has a lot of problems. So just Iron, do, Iron Fist? Iron Fist. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, you're not in a minority of thinking <laughs> that because I saw so many people were shitting on that show. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like... You're not shitting on just for the sake of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to be nitpicky because, like, I had a good time watching it. Yeah. And, like, I like I liked some of the cheese about it. I, like, just, like, Danny's character, he's just so over the top and just, like, kind of was frustrating. But regardless of that, uh, <laughs> we, we'd watch the show and we kind of just, like, kind of just talk to each other about it like we just like do what we do we just talk through the whole show with that kind of make jokes so when the defenders was coming out i was like we should make a show called james and louise watching defenders so we just set up a camera at lunch and we we just watched defenders on netflix and uh yeah i got a weird youtube show where we're just like watching it it's just like such a funny concept <laughs> such a small thing and it's just like it's funny because like every time i see one i'm like oh I better watch this one because <laughs> it's just like an interesting like and that just seems like the kind of guy you are you're like oh this would be fun like whatever yeah. <laughs> like we'll try it like whatever I think I'm just trying to fill my time I mean <laughs> like I get to the point where I get like stressed out the things I do but like I think if I don't do things I'm, I'm just depressed or something I don't know yeah like you want to fill your time yeah I feel you uh, the other thing that I saw that you're getting into recently and I don't know if it was if you've just been doing it like uh, personally or like if you're doing it for somebody but it was like it was like food reviews. Yeah, I'm doing those for non-doc. Oh, okay. Uh, I yeah. didn't know if it was for non-doc because I'd seen one and I'd looked at it and I was just like... Mm. Yeah. 
I just kind of, I don't know. I just watched a Jonathan Gold documentary. You know Jonathan Gold? Uh, is he like a chef? He's like a food critic in oh, LA. Actually. And uh, he just seemed like pretty badass. So I'm like, man, you know what? Food does connect people to each other. So I was it like true, thinking man. about shit I liked. And I don't know. I was hanging out with Louise. And the first review I, I, we did, we were just at this place. And I thought it was just like surprisingly good. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll write about that. And then I started thinking about all the good dishes that I've had in Oklahoma that like don't get enough shine, I don't think. So like I just kind of started expanding from there. Now they're sending me on assignments. Like I just wrote like a long thing about Scotty's Deli. Yeah, uh, down yeah right down, right, right over here. Yeah, they had a media event, and like I guess I don't even know if my editors really like that I'm writing food reviews or they just need content. <laughs> but like at this point, they're like, well, if there's a food thing, just send James. So they sent me to like check out Scotty's. Oh, uh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of a cool gig to land that way. Yeah, I got some free food that time. That'll uh, work. Yeah, I kind of just wrote like a piece about Oklahoma making districts, though. Like it just turned into this weird. I don't know if they're gonna like you got it. Like on a soapbox about it or what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not, not like a soapbox, but just like <laughs> kind of maybe. I don't know. I feel like people don't really know what it's like living here, and I kind of like. I feel like I do because I'm from here, and yeah, I don't know. I f- sometimes I read like articles from like New York. Or some or some other place about us. I'm like, that's not what it's like. And then I'll read articles about us from here, and I'll be like, that's not what it's like either. So yeah, you're like, like, what the heck? Where's yeah. the disconnect, people? Yeah, that's interesting. And I one of the other things I'd seen um, was uh, using Facebook as like the platform to kind of bring awareness for like the in, like, and I you know for the risk of like not having like evergreen content or whatever. Like I don't really care about that because this seems to be something that you really care about. And so I wanted to give you like some time to maybe talk about it a little bit if you wanted, um, like the whole high low Brahms thing, maybe like, I, I know there's still people that like haven't like really looked into it or like know what's going on with that. Yeah. Um, can uh, you maybe talk about that? I mean, if you want to. Yeah. I mean, Brahms is, they've applied to rezone, uh, the class and circle. Uh, so essentially they're, they want to turn Brahm, they want to turn uh, drunken fry, high low, uh, Grease Trap Art Gallery, um, Class and Grill, and Charlie's Record Store. They just want to demolish it and kind of just turn it into like a parking lot for this problems that they're building. And uh, there's people that don't want that to happen. So like I would I would appreciate it if that didn't happen for sure. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to th- see like the number of people that maybe haven't like known that was going on or like it was just like have you not been on social media like in the last like three months like, i think the uh, browns <laughs> is doing a good good job of suppressing it because like there was original date to like uh to have the zoning meeting and like protesters are lined up ready to go and uh they moved the day back and then they keep kind of like they said they're gonna organize a community meeting to like listen to like, like a town hall type thing yeah but then they're not doing a really good job of getting everybody there like i don't think they really want to hear us i think they're they're just kind of like doing it for show yeah like just as like a disingenuous thing just be like oh look we're trying to like yeah work with them they don't they don't give a shit <laughs> for sure they don't give a shit what, what i think yeah they're, i mean there's there's some of those places like i mean and a lot that's a lot of the argument from the people there, like get over it or whatever is like i don't go there but if well, you've thanks. gone there like places like the grease trap like that place is super cool like yeah. i went to the uh the peewee herman art show there and yeah. i was just like this is so bizarre i love it like this <laughs> is so different room. yeah and you've done like comedy shows where it's like asses and elbows in there and it's yeah. like there's like not enough room to do anything in here but we, <laughs> you still make things happen and it's just like super 
quirky place. There's not another place like that in the city. I feel like if it goes down, I'll get over it. But until then, I'm going to fight like hell, I guess. That's cool, man. And like I could tell, like just, I mean, I haven't known you for a super long time, but just seeing like how you reacted to that, um, I could tell that that was something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. And I, I, you know, just from talking to you, like I, I know that you're someone that really wants the best for OKC. So I wanted to be sure to give you a little bit of time. Like, I don't know how, how many people even listen to this, but man, if you, if you really want to be, if I, re- I really want to talk about, I don't know, do you guys, do you know Will Ogletree at all? I didn't know him. Um, Avery from beach language. He yeah. knew him. Um, yeah, man, whatever um, you want to say. Uh, Will Ogletree was a really funny dude, really nice dude, a uh, really great musician. Uh, he, he got into an accident, uh, performing a stunt at a show and, uh, he passed away recently. And, uh, uh, if you ever listen to hit boys, if you're ever into sad boys comedy, uh, I don't know. He probably, his family probably, uh, appreciates you thinking of him. And also I think one of his friends set up a GoFundMe for Will Ogletree. Uh, check it out. Yeah. And that was, I, uh, you know, things like that. There's people like putting their take on it on social and like, I don't know him. Yeah. And so it was just just seeing i mean it was just a tragic thing that happened and i only know you know one or two people that i know well that knew him but just from what everyone said it was just like he just sounded like a hilarious guy that just was taken too early you know yeah he was super he was super cool and yeah. uh yeah he's like really young and it's pretty shitty for yeah. sure well yeah man well thank you for taking the time to say that for sure because i know his family would probably really appreciate like that people are thinking of him and you know taking the time to talk about him yeah and so if we if we with people like you know with anyone you know if we still keep talking about them and if we tell people about them then they're never really gone so yeah that's a cool thing man thanks for taking the time to say that um man like at that note, like, I don't think there's anywhere we can go. <laughs> we talked about, you know, music. We talked about anime. We talked about uh, local OKC. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention. Um, Goku's a better fighter than Vegeta, <laughs> but Vegeta's a better dad. Um, <laughs> Julia Childs would beat Bobby Flay in a food fight and a fist fight. Hot takes with James. That's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, real quick, man, why don't you take some time uh, kind of you know, tell people where they can find you like online or on social media, things like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of ambiguous. Uh, I don't know. I don't do a really <laughs> good job of like branding myself, but robotsafecity.com has all the comedy albums we've ever put out. Uh, our website got hacked. So it just kind of links to our bank camp oh, right what? now. Yeah. It, it sucks, but, uh, yeah, we're rebuilding. Uh, if you want to find the NIMS, uh, our band is the, and then my name is N G H I E M. Um, I'm on Twitter at James Jim J Nim comedy, I think I can't remember, man. Uh, <laughs> Robot Save City uh, on Twitter as well, and on Facebook. Uh, usually, I just use my Facebook. I kind of just consolidated everything I'm doing to like, you know what? If you're a fan of me, you're probably you could probably be my friend. So just add me. Like you can see what I'm doing. Uh, usually, just doing random shit. Oh, real quick, why don't you plug the uh, the next show at the Speakeasy? Uh, next uh, Speakeasy art show that I'm doing, or me and Mike are doing is uh, A Night at the Bronze, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer art show. Uh, we got some fortune tellers. Uh, we're, we're basically doing it to where the downstairs is like the bronze from the TV show. So it's like this like punk club, like punk kind of girl rock club. Not girl <laughs> rock. 
uh, like indie rock. I don't know. Like nineties like rock, like nineties. Yeah. I watch, I've watched a lot of episodes lately. So like every time <laughs> I watch the bronze, it's usually like chick singers or whatever. Yeah. yeah or yeah. like some douchey, like dudes with soul patches. So like, <laughs> it's not going to be that, but like, we're going to, it's going to be like a, like the bronze. Uh, we're going to have like hard rock, I guess, punk rock, Matt Jewett's playing, uh, LCG and X. Uh, I got a band named St. Basic who hit me up and they said they're exactly what bronze bands sound like. So oh. uh, I checked them out. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Same uh, basic. Uh, they I think, um, one of them knows, uh, Tim Burgess Tim and Bur- he's in uh, trash TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be there and, uh, yeah. So downstairs is just going to be a rocking time. I think we're actually doing a screening of the Buffy musical too, just for, oh, yeah, like a sing along, like rock and awesome. picture show. And then upstairs it's going to be like a magic shop, which is another, uh, pretty iconic setting from the show. And we're going to have like fortune tellers, magicians, and of course we're going to have great art. So like, uh, I think we have like 50 or 60 pieces in the works right now from different artists and, all the commissions, which is like a $10, $10 from every sale go, goes to the regional food, ba- food bank of Oklahoma. The rest goes to artists. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, James, for coming in, uh, being on the show. Uh, again, again, you can find the tunes podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's tunes podcast, T U N E S slash T O O N S. Um, also don't forget to check out James Spotify playlist after this episode airs. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.